Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Valley Vibes, brought to you by the Avon Canton Chamber of Commerce. We bring you entertaining conversations that enrich, educate, and inform you about life in the Farmington Valley and beyond. My guest today is Chuck Joseph from Shopperative Canton. I'm your host, Adam Horelic, loan officer with Norcom Mortgage, as well as Mike Mezaritsky. Milestone Asset Management Group. Welcome, everybody, to another fun episode of the Valley Podcast. I'm so excited, Chuck. Uh, this topic is very cool one because I feel like I can always improve my skills in the topic that we're about to discuss. So I'm really excited to talk to you. <laughs> Welcome. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Because, you know, ShopRite obviously has everything besides just meat and talking about grilling, which we want to discuss today. But give us some history background about yourself. Sure. Uh, so, you know, I'm Chuck Joseph. Uh, my dad and I own and operate the ShopRite of Canton. We've been here operating the store for about 12 years. A um, little bit about me. Before I came to the grocery industry, I was actually a high school teacher. I lived in California after college, um, and that's where I met my wife, Paige. We've been married for seven years next week. Um, so back in 2010, um, my dad had the opportunity to purchase a couple of grocery stores, and we as a family relocated here to Connecticut. So been here ever since. Um, I live over in West Hartford um, with my wife. We have two kids. Morgan, our daughter's four. Our son, Cam, is 18 months, and we have a golden retriever named Callie. She is six, and she is a big fan of grilling out on the deck because she knows she usually gets a little bit of the extra food. Right. I bet it's a perfect time for you to get away from all the family chaos and be like, I'm going to go grill and stand on the deck where no one bothers me. Hey, I think every parent needs a space in their house or, or in and around the house where they can just take a minute. And yeah, I think stepping out onto the deck, closing the door behind you, maybe putting the iPod on or the iPhone on, listening to some music, it's a nice time to have a little escape for sure. For me, it's the opposite. I get out on that deck, I turn on the speed, the whole neighborhood must know that I'm outside <laughs> grilling like every other day because the music's blasting. You know, close the door behind me. No one comes out to bother me. My boys are older. I mean, they're 12 and 14. The 14 year old loves the grill now. So it's like, I'll go turn it on. I'll go get everything prepped. And I'm like, perfect. It's like having your own sous chef that's going to come and just help you out with the process. That's pretty nice. So it's, it's, you'll get there too. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Eventually you'll get there. I'm busy. I'll bring up a big bow speaker outside. And, uh, you know, unfortunately my kids are now starting to take over the music that is being played. So that's starting to ruin the experience yeah, a little a risk. bit. Yeah. My Spotify <laughs> feed used to be like populated by all my own music choices in the algorithm. And now there's a pretty healthy dose of like Little Mermaid and Canto Frozen. Right. Kind of messes with the algorithm. So sometimes you're trying to play your own stuff and like, wait a minute. Where's all this Disney stuff coming from? Yeah. Where did this come from? <laughs> oh yeah. It's only the beginning, Chuck. Yeah. I hear that. <laughs> So let's get to, obviously, grilling, the season's on, right? Like, I mean, I grill all year. In the snow, it doesn't matter. I'll go out, grill, because I like that type of food. But before we could do that, we obviously need to have the meat to grill. So I know that I've been to ShopRite numerous times. You guys have an awesome butcher section. And tell us about that. Explain how people can come out there and get their specific cuts of meat, not just what's out on the shelves and... Yeah, sure. So, you know, ShopRite again, we're located inside the shops at Farmington Valley. 
And one of the things that makes us distinctive is we are really a full service butcher shop in addition to being a grocery store. So, you know, in our meat department, we do have trained journeyman butchers. They have decades of experience cutting meat. And so there's just a source of knowledge in there and there's a a level of attention to detail and to customer service you know, that you may not find everywhere that where meat is for sale. And so, you know, I think the first thing to know when you start to think about grilling and, you know, maybe making a decision about where to purchase your product is, you know, you want to go somewhere where there's um, somebody to answer questions, um, somebody to talk about cooking techniques, talk about recipes, seasonings, marinades, things like that. And like you said, somebody who can cut it exactly how you're looking to have it cut, um, you know, and not just what's available on the counter. So, and you'll find that at the store. We have two butchers there right now. We have Dan and Jason. Um, you know, they're both unique in that uh, they're pretty friendly. You know, sometimes butchers, <laughs> um, you know, there's a reason they're in the back, you know, in with this a cold big knife room. in their hand. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> you don't make a depending <laughs> on, uh, you know, where you're at and what the, the culture of the store is, you know, some of the butchers can be a little bit tough. Um, you know, but our guys, you know, they really do enjoy people. They love to talk with customers. Um, you know, they like to have fun and they love food and they love meat. So, you know, it's a good experience to hang out with them. I know I've learned a lot from them over the years and our customers do as well. So they're like, you know, rather than walking into the grocery store and being like, oh, let me now Google what type of cut and what type, you know, cause there's also grades to meat. Some yeah. people know this, others don't, you know, and I'm sure they're, they're the human resource there. You can walk in and actually talk to someone as opposed to trying to figure out and fumble through your phone as to what to get. Right? Yeah, for sure. You, you know, there, there's a lot to the meat industry. You know, there's a lot to that product. And like you said, there's a lot of names of products. There's a lot of names of labels. There's different types of uh, meat to choose from. There's different cuts of meat. There's different grades of meat. And it can be tricky to navigate all of that. And so having an individual there to talk to is a great resource. You know, everybody has the phone in their pocket. People like to Google things. Everybody likes to look things up on YouTube, you know, and we certainly do see that, um, you know, but they're available. Um, and, you know, we can get into some of that information too, just to, you know, help educate some of the listeners. Um, you know, in terms of what separates maybe some of the products you'll see at our store versus some of the other stores. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Yeah, I agree. You know, one of the things that I learned about a year ago is is there are different choices when it comes down to meat cuts. Just like Adam said, there's prime, there's choice, there's other ones, there's marbling. Then you have this like really expensive wuha beef that I've been looking at. And I'm like, why is that $100 a pound? (laughs) So so maybe you can give us a little bit of a cliff version of- uh... I think probably there's maybe like sort of as, as we're talking, I think there's probably like three sort of buckets, if you will, of, of what distinguishes one piece of meat from another, which has an impact on price. And it's going to have an impact on flavor, on quality, um, on tenderness as well. And so maybe the first one is, you know, there are different, I'll call them different brands of meat. And so you might be looking at, this is a ribeye, this is a ribeye, this is a ribeye, but one might be Wagyu beef. Mm-hmm. And one might be certified Angus beef and there might be Kobe beef as well. And so essentially what those are is their brands, just like you'd find brands of products, you know, in the pasta aisle. Um, there are different brands that um, position themselves and market themselves to customers as having a certain reputation for quality. Um 
originally a lot of those brands were connected to perhaps a certain breed of cattle. Right. So Kobe beef, you know, would be originating in Japan in Japan. So it would have been Japanese beef. But, you know, over time, sometimes those brands kind of morph and evolve. Is it exactly that, you know, original type of cow that it was maybe when it started? You know, maybe not. Maybe now it's more of just a label that gets put on things. Right. Maybe it's an American version of that Japanese cow, things like that. So a lot of times what you see more so at restaurants when they're applying those types of labels is they're trying to use that uh, label as a brand that implies something that's distinct or has a certain quality to it. Unless you jack up the price, then <laughs> oftentimes <laughs> marketing, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, because you get the sense. Oh, is this imported? Is this from Argentina? Is this from Japan? Is this a special type of cow that only eats a special type of diet? And so you can kind of go down a rabbit hole and and try to figure out what distinguishes one from another. Um, but I think a lot of times where you encounter those maybe be more at a higher end restaurant or a hotel or some you know right. somewhere that's distinguishing themselves. And yes, is often charging a premium price for those types of products. Um, so the second sort of bucket, um, which is maybe more significant, you know, for the average consumer is just USDA grading. So the USDA has grading standards that they use for beef and the standards are there to help the customer understand what type of quality they're looking at. And it does have an impact on price as well. And so your top tier for USDA grading is going to be USDA Prime. And so USDA Prime is going to represent the top quality cuts of meat. And the way we might see that or experience that as a consumer of meat would basically be in the marbling or the fat content uh, of the meat. Um, which has a direct impact on the tenderness of the meat, on the flavorfulness of the meat, and on the juiciness of the meat. And so USDA Prime occupies that top spot. It's usually younger cattle um, that are fed a lot, and they develop right. a lot of that fat, um, which is essentially yeah, what No exercise is. for you. You just, <laughs> yeah, you just eat and hang you out. You just sleep, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a certain type of diet um, that, that may not be healthy for a human, probably not healthy for them either. Um, I might like, uh, I think I'd be considered prime then. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> eat and yeah, just hard, hang out. Hard to say for sure. Um, but yeah, when you're looking at a piece of USDA prime meat, you're going to notice a lot of that marbling, which is that thin white kind of veining structure that is sort of spread throughout the, the red um, part of the meat. Um, and what's going to happen is as you are cooking that, that fat is going to start to break down and it's going to become flavorful and juicy. And it's also going to tenderize the tougher meat that's around it. And so the more sort of thin um, dispersed uh, uh, marbling you're going to have is generally going to yield a more flavorful, more tender eating experience. So that's USDA Prime. USDA Choice is going to be sort of the next tier down. And I should say too, USDA Prime, um, you would not find at most retail locations. We do carry it for certain items, certain times of the year, maybe for holidays or special occasions. Um, but the price point is fairly prohibitive for most customers. So right. again, you're going to see Prime, yeah. you know, if you're at a steakhouse, if you're at you know, a fancy restaurant, a fancy hotel, you might see that. Um, often they might dry age prime meat as well, just sure. to take it up a notch too. 
Um, but, you know, your typical grocery store, you know, will you see it? You know, maybe, maybe not. Sometimes, you know, Memorial Day, 4th of July. Yeah, you'll right. probably the, the see grilling some holidays. holidays. The grilling for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, when we know that the customer is looking for something right. special. But it's more of a special occasion type of product. So USDA Choice is going to be more your, your high quality everyday type of product. It's going to be at a price point that would be more recognizable to people. Um, and, you know, it's just going to have a little bit less marbling, basically, a little bit less fat content throughout the meat. Um, but it still should have great flavor, um, great tenderness, um, and, and is very well suited for, for grilling, which is basically dry cooking at fairly high temperatures. So USDA Choice makes up most of what you'd see in our store. There's another grade called USDA Select, which is going to be a lot more lean, a lot less fat. And so, you know, USDA Select on its own, you're probably going to need to do some prep before you start to cook it, whether it's seasonings, marinade. You're going to want to add some chemical elements, basically, whether it's salts or enzymes to help add flavor, to help tenderize the items. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. it. It's not that anyone is any, you know more preferable than the other, other than personal taste, but you can sort of remediate a lot, I guess, by the preparation that you do. So, you know, I think for customers who are just thinking about, you know, what am I buying? Where am I going to buy it? You know, whether you're at the grocery store or you're at another retailer that sells meat, one of the things you want to start to look for is what is the grade that I'm looking at here? And was it cut here? Because I think that's something that you'll see at like, you know, a discount store. We've got a lot of discounters in the area. They serve a niche. You know, they're really important. Um, But if you're looking at something where the USDA grade is not listed or it's listed as select and it's in a cryovac package, then what you're looking at is something that was cut days, if not weeks ago, Mm -hmm. probably in some type of facility, you know, not in a store, maybe by a machine, not by hand. Um, and you're looking at something that really is not comparable to something that we would sell in our store. So in our store, we don't sell anything that's below USDA choice, um, except for certain exceptions on really high-priced items like a tenderloin, for example. We might carry select just to have an affordable option um, for a tenderloin or a filet mignon. Um, but you know, when you're looking at meat, especially now with prices being what they are, we're all concerned about price. We're all doing price yeah. comparisons. That USDA grading system helps us make sure we're comparing apples to apples because USDA Select is not going to be priced the same as USDA Choice, but it's not the same product. And so that's something that I think the the customer should be aware of. So do the meats have to have one of the three labels on it or are there times that you just don't put any label on it? If you're buying it for consumption, it should have, right. it should be designated. If yeah. there's no label, Adam, I'll probably no stay. Label, you, listen, I'm not saying it's not safe. You know, any, it's probably safe. Okay. Grill you it at your own. If you cook it to the right temperature, if you marinate right. it, it, it could be fine. You know, and look, there's a lot of folks out there that are really concerned about their food budget right now. And we understand that. So people have to buy product that's affordable to them and they have to figure out a way then to prepare it in a way that they're going to enjoy it. So, you know, but really, you know, if it, if it doesn't even say USDA select on it, you're sort of questioning, you know, is this really from a commercial grade source? Right. Where's this coming from? Um, you know, is it maybe more of sort of a local operation? And, and not that that can't be a good product, but if it's not labeled, it's probably not being inspected by the USDA. 
Are they following all the proper hygiene and food safety standards? Sure. Who knows? You know, it's anybody's guess. So personally, I wouldn't take that chance. That's very interesting. You know, so one of the other things that I've been sort of coming across is born in versus born out. You yeah. know, I know that some people swear by the fact that, hey, listen, you got to have a bone in because it's a much better taste to it. Yes. But at the same time, it's heavier, right? And you yes. don't really usually get to eat the bone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the you cooking process, you, you don't pay eat for it, you don't eat it. <laughs> and I think the cooking process is totally different because we've tried some bone in steaks and it's threw my whole system out of the window. It was, uh, it took a lot longer <laughs> than yeah, I was anticipating. Yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it, you kind of said it. It it's really comes down to personal preference. You know, you, you really can't go wrong one way or the other. It's just what you prefer. Um, you know, when it comes to bone-in, I think generally speaking, most people would agree that a bone-in piece of meat, whether it's, you know, red meat, whether it's pork, whether it's poultry even, that if the bone is intact, it's probably going to be more flavorful. It's a little bit less processed because that meat hasn't been taken off the bone. It hasn't started its process of maybe aging a little bit and starting to lose some of that juiciness and that flavorfulness. So, you know, a true foodie, if they were here, would probably argue that, yeah, bone-in is the way to go. Um, you know, the flip side of that is you're paying for the bone. Yeah. So if you're <laughs> buying a bone-in ribeye or a bone-in New York strip, those right. are not cheap cuts of meat. And now you're paying, you know, however many extra ounces you're just adding to that package price. You know, maybe you're going to give it to the dog, maybe not. Maybe you're going to make your own beef stock with it, maybe not. So there's things you can do with it. Um, but for some people, it's just not a great value. You know, they prefer to buy something that's boneless and then they know that what they're paying for is all edible and they're yeah. going to consume it and they're going to feel better about that. So, you know, no wrong way to go. Um, like you said, you know, it may change the way you prepare it. It may change your cook times a little bit. It sure does. And the internet's or, great for that. Or but. the way it looks. Presentation. <laughs> for like sure. My buddy yeah. got me these ginormous <laughs> tomahawk steaks yeah. on oh, my yeah. birthday a couple yes. of years ago. I mean, it looked like Fred Flintstone sitting at the table. Yeah, I mean, they were trying that. For Absolutely. Like what it looks like to people it's who maybe don't know. A ribeye that's, it's, I don't know, that thing must have been a solid, like three inches thick mm -hmm. with a bone that looked like it came off of a freaking dinosaur. Yeah. You know, the bone was, you know, it had to it's be a a easily bone, yeah. like 12, 14 inches long. That's right. Yeah. And you throw this thing on the grill, and yes, the cook time gets thrown off completely. <laughs> the system but is done. If you can even you put it on the plate, it. and yeah. it's that the wow factor of like, holy crap, look what you just served. I mean, it, it looks like, you know, well, and, and like, let's meat. face it, like we're, awesome. live, we're living in a social media world. Like we're living in a world of Instagram and TikTok. And is there a little keeping up with the Joneses that maybe right. goes on with how we cook and how we grill? Yeah, some people are into that. So, you know, a tomahawk steak like you described is basically that bone isn't trimmed. And right. so you could hold it and literally hold the bone and eat the steak <laughs> without any cutlery yeah. if you so choose. And so, yeah, it makes an impression. It's going to make for a great Instagram post in a raw state while it's on the grill in a cooked state. Yeah. And if you're and having I can't a party, deny that I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, why not, right? right because it's, it's there. Fun. It's yeah. there. And, and yeah. sometimes, too, it's like you just want something a little bit different. Right. You know, and that's one of the reasons we like to grill in the summer is like, hey, we're outside now. The weather's nice. We're cracking a beer. We're having some red wine, whatever you prefer. Um, and it's just something different. And a lot of times, like hosting a party, you know, it doesn't have to be crazy, but if you can show somebody just something a little bit different that maybe they haven't seen before, it just kind of kicks it up a notch. 
No, that's pretty cool. You know, it's just kind of switching gears a little bit because there's a lot of things you can grill. It doesn't necessarily have to be meat, right? I know a lot of people, A, might not necessarily eat meat. Yeah. Uh, but I know you can grill fish, you sure. can grill veggies. There's so many different things you can do. But also another way of doing it is smoking it, which is something that yeah. I've been kind of experiencing with over the past year or so, yeah. is literally using a smoke to be able to prepare some of these dishes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, there's there's a whole lot more. We've kind of focused on red meat so far, but you know, th- there's a lot of different types uh, of options out there. You have red me- red meat or beef, you have pork, you have poultry. Um, there's also plenty of plant-based options right now right. as well. So you have Beyond Meat, you have Impossible Meat, companies like that that are pretty innovative and putting out product that I think is a lot more approachable for a lot of consumers who may have not wanted to try like a, a veggie burger like we might have seen a few years ago. Um, and then smokers. You know, what's interesting about a smoker, I'm not an expert, but you're basically, it's more of a low and slow method of cooking where it's a lower temperature. It's going to be out there for longer. You're using that smoke not only to cook the meat, but also to flavor it mm-hmm. as well. And so you can go down that rabbit hole and like, what type of wood chips am I throwing in here? <laughs> yeah, you know, to see, yeah. you, you know, to get a certain desired outcome. Um, you know, typically people are usually looking to work with pork in the case of a smoker, but you know, you can work with lots of different things. You can do chicken, you can do wings. Um, so it, it's a lot of fun. And beef brisket. You can do brisket. Yeah. And, I just think you have nice, to have a lot of patience to do it. Yeah. You do. Well, you got to plan. You <laughs> yeah. know, you got to plan yeah. your day. It's one of those things I'm thinking of like, you know, when I used to run a tailgate for college football, like you you map it out, right? I got to <laughs> get up at nine because I got to start the smoker yep. and it's got to hit a certain temperature and that might take an hour. And then I got to throw this in. I have to marinate it overnight. So I started the night before with a 12 hour marinade. And now it's on there and I got to give it six hours. And so you, you really need to work backwards from uh. like, when am I trying to cut this <laughs> to eat it? And, you know, make sure that you schedule yourself accordingly. Cause it's not a quick process. You know, when you're grilling something, you know, you can pretty much be ready in five or 10 minutes, but smoker is a whole different game. And then you get into the whole argument. There's people that say, you can't ever grill on charcoal. I prefer gas. gas Others will be like, no, you have to use charcoal. You know, like, I think it depends on the moment, right? Like if you have a lot of time, charcoal is awesome. I mean, there's a complete, but you can't control the, you know, the flame is different. The wind. The heat. (laughs) It's almost, it's a science. Like some some people love one way, hate another. And now you have all these like flat top grills. You know, everyone's seen the Blackstones. Mm -hmm. You could be your own like, you know, hibachi griller on the deck now, you know, (laughs) and make so many other things on these like flat grill tops where, my buddy just picked one up. We were out tailgating, like end of the ski season. And he's like, yeah, we'll make bacon and eggs and everything on this thing. And then we're making burgers in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah really he's like, I use it for fried rice. And you just keep the mess outside. You don't have to do this inside the house. I'm like, yeah. this is great. You just sold me another product right, that right. I didn't need. And now I'm going to buy because sure. it's like, why not have well, another you know grilling all option? All those items too. It's like, it's all about accessories. You know, like you mentioned grilled vegetables. It's like, well, you know, we got to go online and we're looking at the Surla Top store. We're looking at whatever brand store, Williams-Sonoma, because we need the special cage that we put the veggies in, that we put on the grill, you know, whether it's the flat top piece. So yeah, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, You know, with charcoal and gas, I I kind of walk both of those worlds. We have a gas grill at home 
which we use. And then my family are members over at Winding Trails in Farmington, and they have a lot of charcoal grills available. Yeah. So you bring your own charcoal. And there's days where that's great. But honestly, like there's other days it's like, okay, I'm like trying to feed a bunch Just of kids. Just want to get it done. Like time is up. <laughs> right. I'm trying to get out of here on time before bedtime. And like, I'm trying to light this charcoal. It's really windy. I forgot to bring like a stick to right. poke the charcoal. <laughs> and you have an hour to wait for it. Yeah. And now yeah. I got to wait to heat up. So charcoal is a lot of fun. You know, we did a lot of charcoal grilling in college because we had the time. Right. You know, because you got to give it time. We had you know, the electric starter. So we didn't use lighter fluid. We had this electric <laughs> starter. We shoved it under the charcoal. It would spontaneously ignite. Um, but, you know, it would take 45 minutes to an hour to get a burger done. Right. So um, if you have the time, it can be really fun. You know, it smells good, just gives you that kind of summer vibe. But gas grill is perfectly fine to use. I mean, at the end of the day, you're just trying to get the right temperature in there for uh, whatever you're cooking. And a gas grill is super convenient. It's already set up. It's ready for you. You can heat it up in a couple minutes. It's easy to clean. So, you know, everybody has their preference, but, you know, it's really whatever works for you in in that moment in your life. What's everyone's favorite cut of meat? Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll throw a curveball to y'all, which is, I don't, I'm a vegetarian. I I don't eat meat uh, (laughs) much. So I I can't say I'm a pure vegan or vegetarian, but, um, you know, just a few years back, just reading, trying, you know, as I'm getting older you know, noticing that, you know, aging is tough (laughs) on yourself and wanting to be healthy. Um, You know, my wife and I just committed to eating less meat. So, you know, we probably consume, I don't know, 95% of our calories are are from plant-based sources. So, you know, I would put in a pitch basically for, in particular, impossible burgers. Um, I think that an impossible burger is going to be the closest approximation to an eating experience of a traditional burger that you can have. Um, there's really interesting technology behind it and flavor behind it. Um, you know, it's scalable. It's, you know, really good for the environment. Um, you know, the health attributes, is it better? Is it worse? It's probably a little bit better. I think if we're eating a cheeseburger, we're all agreeing. We're sort of right. indulging <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. what we want to do. Yeah, you said um, a cheeseburger. I'm yeah, thinking more like three. <laughs> or a double. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that I would say at, at worst, it's comparable. You right. know, you're, you're not doing yourself any harm by, by switching to an impossible burger. So, you know, for those that are curious, I think there's like never been a better time to look at some of these plant-based options. Um, and if you look at beyond versus impossible, they just have different types of protein sources. Um, one is more of a soy based, which is the impossible. Um, the beyond is based w- is made using pea protein, green pea protein. So, you know, just a little bit different flavor, a little bit different um, option for people. So, you know, if I'm just kind of, it's a weeknight, we're just looking for something to grill. That's what I'm going for. You know, if I'm out to dinner and I'm at a really nice restaurant, Honestly, I'm probably looking at a New York strip. Um, I'm probably leaving the bone on, you know, (laughs) and um, just trying to savor it because I don't eat it every day. You know, I don't eat it often. And so, you know, if I'm at a place where I feel pretty confident, like they're sourcing high quality product and they're going to prepare it correctly, um, that's what I'm going for. It's probably a New York strip. And if it's dry aged, even better. Yeah, no, I, I think this is great. You know, the, the good thing is that there's so many different choices. You know, whatever your flavor is, you can get it. And I think the cool thing about it is that ShopRite carries all those flavors. <laughs> Me too, yeah. So whatever your choice is, whether it's veggie burger, whether it's steak, whether it's pork, yeah. whether it's chicken, fish. Yeah. 
it sounds like you guys have a pretty good selection of things to choose from. We do. And and we were talking before about these like buckets of like what distinguishes, you know, one type of item from another. And we're now kind of in that third bucket, which is just the cut, you know, and especially with beef, there's a lot of different ways that beef is cut in a lot of different um, uh, applications. And so, you know, with beef, generally speaking, I think if you're looking for an elevated experience, you're looking at a ribeye, you're looking at a New York strip, maybe a porterhouse. Um, those are going to be sort of your go-tos, again, for something special, um, lots of flavor. Um, you're not going to have to work that hard to make that item taste good. You're basically going to want to cook it. You know, as a food safety person, you know, representing the food industry, I'll tell you, you got to hit the right temperature. You can look up online, how you know, whether you want medium, medium rare, medium well, whatever. There's a temperature for all that. You want to hit it just to be safe. Um, you know, others of us, you know, maybe have a trick of, you know, how do we poke and touch. And, you know, if you're experienced, you kind of know if, from look and feel, you know, whether it's done the way that you want it to be done. But those higher end cuts, they're more expensive. But because of that marbling, you're going to get that flavor and tenderness as long as you don't overcook it, basically. There are other cuts, too, that are a lot more affordable. Um, you know, something like a flank steak or a hanger steak, um, where, you know, you're going to spend a lot less. You're just going to have to do a little bit more prep. So seasoning, um, I recommend kosher salt as a great seasoning for red meat. Um, kosher salt is great because if, if you look at it in your hand, you can see that it's actually sharp. It's like sharp and pointy. Right. And so it's going to penetrate that meat and sort of not just coat the surface like a table salt might, but it's actually going to start to burrow down into the meat, which helps to tenderize it. And kosher salt is, is not that salty right. in flavor. And so you can, you might think you're overdoing it actually, but you really want to pretty much load up some of these less expensive cuts of meat with a lot of kosher salt, because that's how you're going to tenderize it. Um, marinades help as well, depending what type of marinade you're using, whether it's something that's based with soy sauce or some type of oil, you're maybe adding fat, which is going to add a little bit of flavor to it. Um, maybe you're adding certain types of enzymes or acids that are also going to help break down that meat. And you maybe just need to give that a little time. So it could be a Ziploc bag, something, you know, soy sauce, Worcestershire sauce, a little bit of olive oil, salt it up, throw it in the bag, leave it for 15 minutes, and then you can put it on the grill and end up with a similar eating experience to one of the more expensive cuts. Um, in some cases, you know, like a flank steak or a skirt steak, there might be a, a better way to cut it too. You might want to cut against the grain versus with the grain. And by doing that, you're going to break up maybe some of that gristle or some of that toughness that's inherent in that cut of meat. So, you know, there's a lot of options. Um, you know, variety is also fun, just trying different things, you know, seeing what you like. Um, you know, so we're not cooking the same thing over and over again. But, you know, certainly we've got something for everybody available. You hit on something that I recently started doing with the whole put the meat into a Ziploc bag. And we started, we bought a sous vide machine. Yes. You guys know what sous vide is. Yes. So it's, it's really just this gadget you stick into a pot of water. It mm -hmm. heats up the water to a specific temperature. You take, so recently I made pork tenderloin. Mm -hmm. In that bag, you throw in your seasoning and it sits. You know, you want medium rare or medium, you know, you turn it to 140 degrees drop that meat in there, it gets to that temperature. It can't get any higher because the water sits at 140. Yeah. So it was in there for like two hours as we had guests. We had apps. 
I fired up the grill, just threw it on there just to sear it just a little bit, brought it in the most amazing tasting mm-hmm. pork tenderloin ever because yeah. all those juices stay in that bag. Sous vide is like, to me, it's like, if you want a hack to make your, <laughs> to like make your food like professional restaurant culinary grade, yep. if you can swing a sous vide, that, that's how you get there. Because at a lot of these restaurants where they're cooking a ton of food at the same time, that's the secret, you know, behind the scenes is they're using the sous vide technology. And like you said, you're basically, you're going to keep that water at a constant temperature and it's your target temperature of fully cooked product inside and it's never going to get hotter. So you can't possibly overcook it. And so it's ideal if you're hosting because you set it all up ahead of time and you could leave it in there all day. It's net, it's going to stay warm. It's going to stay exactly where you want it. And then like you said, a, a good tip is to just finish it on the grill or finish it in the stovetop. You know, depending on on who you read or who you listen to, some people say you should sear it before you put it in. Some pe- people say you should sear it after you you know it's fully cooked. You know, I I don't know have a strong opinion about that, but if you don't do that step, it, it does have a kind of a funky appearance right? because we're used to our food cooking from the outside in. And so if we're cooking a steak, we expect it to be fairly dark, you know, have that kind of golden, you know, dark golden caramel colored crust that, that we think of as like a really nicely cooked steak. Well, it's not going to have that right. really. It's going to look almost more gray. Oh and yeah, so you pull it, it out. It does surprising. not look appetizing at all <laughs> at first. You're like, <laughs> if you just put that in front of your guests, yeah. they're going to be like, okay. Thanks for serving us cooked. gray, Matt. Yeah, as like as opposed to that nice tomahawk that looks amazing. Can we you just take order something out, out of the what? bag? They'll be like, what does this guy just do? Yeah, but but it is. I the mean, the fl- yeah, flavors are the, the flavor are and the and the um the texture is just unbelievable. Um, I've actually done a sous vide turkey breast for Thanksgiving one year just because I had gotten one for Christmas the year before. I wanted to test it out. So I did a regular turkey in the oven and then we did just a turkey breast sous vide and then we just kind of compared. They were seasoned in a similar way. Um, you know, and everybody had their preference as to which one they preferred, but the sous vide one was super easy. You know, it took a lot of the stress out of it. Yeah. So a plug for sous vide machines. Yeah. And you can get them now. Like I have one, I control it from my phone. So you get your pot, you fill it with water, you stick the sous vide on, and then you're basically Bluetoothing to it. So you can control it. You can step outside. If you're at work, this can be going in your kitchen and you can still manage it. So it's pretty cool technology. Yeah. I mean, I think it's awesome. I think we hit on so many different things Absolutely. in terms of grilling. And I'm sure and beyond. I'm hungry now. <laughs> yeah, grilling and yeah, beyond. It like, feels like lunchtime. <laughs> you know, I, I wish there was someone here grilling for us right now, right. but this was this was great. You know, Chuck, really, you know, thanks for coming out. You know, obviously big plug for ShopRite because all your grilling needs, go check out those butchers. I think that's super important. Go talk to the guys if you have questions. Obviously, all the other groceries you guys have to offer. You know, Mike, I think it was another great show. I agree. And then, Chuck, before we wrap this up, is there anything you want to sort of throw out there for specials, anything going on at your store that you might want to make the listeners aware of. And we'll have a lot of that information in show notes, but yeah. just give you a chance to go in and maybe provide some information. Yeah, in. sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Um, I love talking about food. You know, I think one of the things, you know, that's kind of unique about our store, you know, it's, it's a local store. It's a family owned and operated store. My dad and I are there every day. And my dad and I love food. We love to cook. We love to bake. You know, so we're not just there putting commodities on a shelf for you. We're really interested in helping people find new, interesting, innovative 
tasty products because, you know, we're interested and passionate about food ourselves. Um, so thanks for the opportunity um, to come and talk with you. I would say the the thing that I'd love everybody to be aware of is we've just started a new program in our store called Fresh to Table. And basically what Fresh to Table is, is it's a merchandising experience for a customer who needs meal solutions. And so what I mean by that is people who are looking to put fresh, healthy, quality, and affordable food on the table quickly. I think that's what happens to a lot of us. Thursday night, Friday night, you know, we do our big weekend Guilty. shop on Saturday or Sunday. Yep. We stock up on the weekend, and then we get to Thursday and we go, okay, well, we ate everything. What's for dinner? <laughs> and that's where you end up maybe making a choice to go to fast food or a quick serve restaurant. They serve a role, but maybe you're spending a little bit more than you need to. Maybe it's a little less healthy than you want. Maybe you feel a little bit guilty, you know, bringing McDonald's home or whatever else. So fresh to table has a solution for you in that sense. And what we do is we offer options of products that meet your specific needs. So if you want to eat right now, we have a section that's called grab and eat. And you're going to find salad, you're going to find soup, you're going to find sushi, you're going to find sandwiches, you're going to find a hot bar, and it's intended for immediate consumption. It's right next to the front door. So literally you walk in the store, <laughs> smell it, you turn to the right, it's grab all it. there. We added a self-checkout register right there in the department. You don't even have to bring it to the front end of the store. So you could grab a drink, you can grab a sandwich in and out of the store in 30 seconds. So that's our heat and eat section, or I'm sorry, our grab and eat section. And then we also have a heat and eat section, which is basically meals and meal components that we have fully cooked for you. It's just there for you to choose what you want. There's proteins, there's main dishes, there's sides, there's even dessert items that are right there. Wow. And all you need to do is take it home. It's right in the microwave. It's on the table in two to three minutes. So that would be called our heat and eat section. It's 16 feet of product. There's over 80 <laughs> different varieties wow. of food available over no there. No kidding. Um, you know, there's all different proteins, chicken, beef, pork, um, you know, poultry, lots of different items. I think I said chicken and poultry. So that's the same thing. Um, but lots of options over there. And then our final section is called prep and eat. And what's interesting about prep and eat is that's designed for the person who wants to do like a little bit of cooking, but pretty quickly and pretty easy. So we've pre-chopped all your vegetables for you. Oh, um, we've best. marinated. The worst wow, that is the worst meat. part of the <laughs> whole stuffed, You know, <laughs> we have stuffed salmon over there, stuffed cod. So really this is like, put your frying pan on, put a little oil in it, heat it up, throw all this in, and then it's going to be on the table in like 10 minutes. So you're going to have to cook it. You're going to feel good about it. You're going to feel that it's fresh. You're going to feel a sense of accomplishment. I did something. I made dinner tonight, <laughs> but it's dinner really quickly. You don't really have to think about it. You know, there's some other components too. There's something we call the one-stop dinner shop, which is just sort of meal inspirations for entrees and sides that could be prepped quickly. And then we have a section called Dice So You Can Dash, which is all cut fruit, cut vegetables. So there's a lot going on there. And again, it's called Fresh to Table. If you walk into the store, just look to the right. You can't miss it. Um, it's really exciting. Lots of different departments from all around the store are involved. And depending on when the show airs, we do have some ads coming out in the next two to three weeks. So that'd be sort of the beginning, the first few weeks of May. There's going to be some coupons available to try out the section. So we just invite everybody over there. Love to hear your feedback about it, but we think this is going to be a great way to meet the customer where they're at on their journey to find, you know, good quality, fresh food that they can feel good about putting on the table in front of their family, not feel guilty about. Because I think those of us with kids, we've been talking about having kids. 
you know, time is precious. You only have so much time. You only have so much energy, but you still want to put good food on the table. And this is our way to try to help our customers do that. I think it's an amazing program. I know I listen, I have four kids and they all have, they're like four different things. Sure. Like my yeah. son only eats pasta. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then my 14-year-old, if when she eats, she's <laughs> she's very specific. So sure. I think it's yeah. such a huge time saver because when you said, you know, families go on the weekends, they stuff up on food, and then by the Thursday day out, I was thinking to myself, does he have a yeah. camera in my right. house? Yeah. This or is exactly what house. happens. Yeah, it's common. It's, it's unbelievable. Common. What a great yeah. program. Yeah. So, yeah, you have that. We call that the midweek stock up, right? You, you just <laughs> Wednesday and Thursday, you start to know, I'm, I'm running low. I'm out of fruit. You know, I'm out of fresh fruit for the kids. I'm out of this. And you end up making more of a convenience store grocery run. And so our idea is to make it as easy as possible to get in and get out of the store. We even have the register right over there, so you don't even have to wait in a line, basically. So really convenient. That's unbelievable. I'm Perfect. certainly, uh, I'm in. <laughs> All right, we'll see you there. <laughs> well, very good, Chuck. Thanks again for coming in. It was awesome having you and learning more about you and the store and the program. And Adam and I enjoy chatting with you about grilling and all the tips that we picked up. So uh, thanks again for coming in. And yeah, Thank you, great to meet you both. Yeah, it was great. and yeah. Tune in to the next Valley Vibes. That's right. 